You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name is Jamie Loftus. And we talk about the portrayal of women in movies on our podcast. Yeah, we do. Every week. Every freaking week. How many weeks now? 900? So many. I'm like coming into this episode worried. How come? Because we're in a genre that I hate and so I'm skewed. I see. We're in my least favorite genre. I'm I'm sorry, I coming guess. Coming in real neg yeah. right now. Well, um we're in I would say my favorite genre. So I'm, can we even be friends? No. After this. No. No, no but, but we should be because this is our, I mean, I think our our, our best director <laughs> of all time. And sure. we have one very big Jim Cameron joint that we love and appreciate very much. Mm-hmm. Um, that being, of course, Ghosts of the Abyss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, James Cameron, the thing with James Cameron, he should have just been an oceanographer and saved us all some time. I disagree because he's directed a lot of movies that I deeply love. What movie is he not submerged in? Uh, is he submerged in Terminator? Alvin? Terminator Two? Does the Terminator not swim? I do not believe so. <laughs> okay. He would short I don't know why circuit. I was so sure. <laughs> oh wait, because he's a robot. Yeah, he's ones and zeros. I like robots right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that you got one in the movie we're talking about today. I know he is a man though, and that means this conversation did not pass the Bechdel test. Hey, oh, wow, that was actually a very great transition. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, so on the Bechdel cast, mm-hmm. we discuss, as I said, the portrayal of women in movies. We use the Bechdel test as a jumping-off point to initiate a larger conversation mm-hmm. about the portrayal of women the Bechdel test being for us two female identifying characters have to have names mm-hmm. they have to speak to each other and their conversation cannot be about a man right can we beta test it really quick I have I have a thought I'd like to express and I think it passes the Bechdel test but you know it's sort of it gets a little murky at the time sure hey Caitlin hey Jamie I think that Deadpool 2 is for losers 
you know what, Jamie? And I won't go. I see what you're saying, and I think this already does not pass the Bechdel test because Deadpool is... But I'm not talking I'm not talking about the movie. I'm not talking about the guy. Well, well, I mean, you can't talk about Deadpool the movie without recognizing that it's about Deadpool, the character who is male-identifying. Deadpool 2 is for losers, and I'm not going to go. Well, um, TJ Miller is in it, and he can fuck right off. He can fuck right off. Yes. But he won't. He will not. He never will. Anyway, so um, that was not necessarily the best example of a conversation passing the Bechdel test. It was a good example of discourse. It sure was. Yeah. I agree. Hey, let's introduce our guest, shall we? He is the host of the great podcast, Yo, Is This Racist? Andrew T. Oh, hi. Hi. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So you brought us aliens. Wow. I feel like it got brought to all of us. Let's not. <laughs> it got hatched for us. Ooh, it got hatched from an egg and right then out. implanted into our chest cavities. Mm-hmm. For business. For Yeah, for capitalism. For business. Mm-hmm. Business bads as this movie. So that's cool. Mm. Uh, we have done the movie Alien mm-hmm. on this podcast already with guest Eliza Skinner. I went back and re-listened to that episode. It is one of our grosser episodes. In in that we spend almost the entire time talking about either jizz or Mm -hmm. jizz blood Mm -hmm. or vaginal Mm -hmm. flaps. Mm -hmm. Can we can we unpack that a little bit? Why do you think jizz, jizz blood, and vaginal flaps are gross? I think they're actually like a beautiful thing that is a common part of the human experience. (laughs) My bad. Um, (laughs) I just I guess I suppose the 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 language we were using was invoking some imagery that might be considered (laughs) unpleasant. Flaps. Yeah. I would like to talk about... I wasn't going to talk about... I didn't have any flaps in my notes, but maybe that's because we've just grown over the past year. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing about that episode is that there wasn't a whole lot of discourse that we had necessarily. Right. But I think this episode's going to be different. It's going to be so discourse heavy that... Our our flaps will come undone. Our Our flaps will start jizzing. There's a a lot more direct (laughs) flap imagery in this movie than in Alien, I believe. You think? I think this was like well, I guess the There's the last more of everything. Scenes. There's more of every every gross thing. That's the plural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 all of them. Um so Andrew, what's your history, your relationship to aliens? I... Just aliens in general, not the movie. Oh good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess I had my first encounter. Um <laughs> Aliens is probably a movie that I mostly saw in pieces in edited on TNT. Sure, love a good Ooh, TNT. Love a TNT edit. edit. Probably. Do they edit out the flaps? They must have. <laughs> too many, too flaps, too but furious. You know, but it, I think I think the thing, I think if you edit out any of the like overt alien vagina imagery, mm-hmm. you have to edit it. Like, like. It is actually really hard to draw the line. It's like, oh, this is right. too much. Well, then how come the last thing wasn't too much? And then I don't think you could have a movie because the whole point is dicks and vaginas. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the vagina monster is a is a tale as old as time. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. We it's all, mythical. Yep. But you see, you can't help but look at the vagina monsters in all these James Cameron movies and be like, poor Catherine Bigelow. Mm. <laughs> Wait, all these James Cameron movies? Yeah, I think this might be the only one. <laughs> There's no the two. They're well, both alien movies are flat yeah. heavy. Oh, yeah. but he had nothing to do with the first one. He didn't. No, I have to go. 
Or the third one, right? The third one was like yeah, I think, Fincher. Yes, it was. And that's also the most mm-hmm. underwater one. So our just all our narratives. No, are the fourth one is where they're oh, underwater. The yeah, oh. they swim through a big oh, right. room okay. full of water. Winona Ryder's there. It's that's right. Wild. Oh, you're right. It is four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have since seen all of the, except uh, minus any of the Alien versus Predator I've seen uh, all pieces of, of art. Yeah. I have not seen those. but uh, Those are, to be totally honest, as far as these movies go, probably the best ones. <laughs> They're the ones that absolutely know what they are. Mm. They do exactly what they promise. They do not think they're smarter than they are. I'm deadly serious. Any of the Alien vs. Predators are better than any of the Alien movies or any of the Predator movies. Wow. Cool. Fact. I, cool. Well, you know what? I'm going to argue with you a little bit on that one. I have not seen any of the <laughs> AVP movies, but... um. I mean, I really like Alien, and I really like Aliens, and that's mm-hmm. where it stops for me. Oh, sure. So, Jamie, you said that you don't like this genre. I like this yeah. genre a lot, and I especially like Aliens. And I didn't really grow up with this movie. I don't think I saw it until somewhere in my 20s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same. Sorry, to finish my history. Oh, yeah. I, yeah I, no, no, no. That's it. I, you just reminded me. It's like I watched parts of it a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. and then I think I must have watched the whole thing. I don't know, hungover in my 20s at some point? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It is kind of a hangover movie. Yeah. In that it's a little too 20 minutes long. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> and that Bradley Cooper and Zach Galifianakis are in it. Yeah. And carrying around a baby. <laughs> they might as well. <laughs> you could insert I mean, them Newt se- is sort of a baby that they're carrying a, yeah. around. There were three different points where I was like, oh, the, I like in my notes, I wrote the climax of the movie and for three days. And I was like, when is it going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> then they, you, there's just more vagina monsters in the next scene. And it's like, Yes, Queen, go off, or yeah. I want to go home. Like, I yeah. just, I just, I don't know. Do you think it was too long, or do you think, I think it was too long. Uh, we could have, uh, sorry, like, kept on going too long, or do you think they just took way too much exposition at the top? Because that's oh. where I was like, the exposition was, it's so slow. It's very slow. There's a lot of, like, and fake long... outs. There's like a boring scene that is a fake out where Wait, you're like, the, like the opening scene where you're like, it's boring and then briefly horror and then it was a oh, dream. Yeah. And you're and like, it was a dream. Like, yeah. What? Why? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It's establishing long... her mindset, the horror that she experienced. I, I think it's there for a reason. I know. It's just that in 2018, <laughs> you would do that in literally under one second sure right she would look at one photograph and then we'd be like we get it uh yes this movie did come out in 1986 which is also the year i was born so birthday (laughs) thank you so much so jamie you saw it for the first time saturday night saturday night night. did not like it Mm -hmm. but it's like one of those things where it's like i can recognize that this movie succeeds on a lot of levels and also never want to see it again sure Mm -hmm. yeah well should i get into the recap yeah, recap okay, it. Okay, let's recap. So the story basically picks up where Alien leaves off. Which is where? I forget what happened in the first one. At the end of Alien, the alien has infiltrated the ship, the killed everyone, the mainframe, <laughs> killed everyone on board except for Ripley. She's the only survivor she and gets into. And Jonesy the cat. Queer icon. <laughs> Icon, I would say eight nippled icon, mm-hmm. uh, cat facts with Caitlin. Cat also, hey, Caitlin. wait, uh, just real quick, I I have learned another cat fact or two. What? Uh huh. That's um, not part of the bit. People have been <laughs> really upset that I only know the one cat fact. So here I am proving to you all that I know that a group of cats is called a clouder. What? That's fun, right? With That's a fun. A D or a T? A D. Clouder. Clouder. Oh, that's pleasant. Uh, how did we not know that? 
I don't know, but now you know. And this is Cat Facts with Caitlin. Also, a cat can jump up to six times its own length. And cat owners are 17% more likely to have a graduate degree, which I think is a great transition into my graduate degree, which I do have a screenwriting master's from Boston University. I don't like to bring it up, but But you don't have a cat. Uh, not at this time. <laughs> not right now, but I have in the past and I will in the future. Cool. Nice. Anyway, okay, so the end of Alien is Ripley's the only survivor. She gets into an escape pod, ejects the alien out into space, and then goes into hypersleep, which is where this movie picks up. She is found kind of just like floating around the universe. They're like, hey, who are you? And, what? and she's like, oh no, I've been asleep for 57 years. Whoopsies. She learns that her daughter, that we didn't know she had, in the first one, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think so. Uh, grew old and passed away. Which I will say, she does react to this. This is part of the Ripley character that I find very interesting. Is she's able to compartmentalize that devastating fact pretty efficiently. Mm-hmm. Like, which I mean, we'll get into this more when we discuss the character in depth. But I, like she, that, she whipsaws trauma around a lot in these movies because a lot of terrible shit happens to her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, incessantly? (laughs) Nothing good ever (laughs) happens to her ever once, even once. She's cursed? Yeah. (laughs) But I I was, like, amazed that, like, you do see her react to it. It's not like the movie ignores it. But Mm -hmm. then it kind of in the next scene, she's, like, at a meeting. I was like, whoa. Yes. She's, like, giving... I would be bedridden (laughs) for years. Well, Um, she was. Well, that's true. She did have (laughs) 57 before she knew that she had a dead daughter. True. Uh, yes, in the next scene, she's like giving a deposition of sorts about this alien attack, uh, basically recapping That's the, the doing a, a Ripley's famous recap of <laughs> the first movie. Believe it or not, recap. <laughs> <laughs> Right, they don't uh, believe it. That's the big. They, they yeah, no one not. believes her because they or not. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. they're mad that she destroyed their expensive ship and they demote her. To be fair, she did. Ex- <laughs> they made a big deal about how that ship was a total shithole in the first movie. Yeah. Like, who cares? Right, and also, what company fifty years later would be like? We're really like that's if some if if now someone was like that thing that happened in the late sixties. We're still extremely salty about like when you crashed my car 50 yeah. years ago oh like, when i quit my bizarre. last day job i made sure to walk away with an extremely powerful fan that i'd stolen from my office <laughs> from a set <laughs> Where, like, i'm gonna make fan art of you carrying a large fan out of a building yeah wait you. fan art is yeah. in your fan, fan of him but then also wow of him yes. holding a fan no you're fan yes. of the fan the fan fan art I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a fan of fan art. I'm a fan of the fan, so it's really a triple fan kind yeah. of thing. Uh, yeah, I'm personally a fan of fan fan art. Mm-hmm. So I just had an yours. Anyway, okay. So, so, a little tiny trickle of blood coming out of your eye. <laughs> it's so cool. So they Ripley's believe it or not. They yeah. do not believe it. They do not believe until Ripley's. they learn of an alien attack on the same planet that they had like honed in on the beacon in the first movie and found the alien ship and all of that. Since then, people have been colonizing it and trying to like terraform it and all this stuff and she's like, "Well, check out that planet." And they're like, "We have and nothing's there." Mm-hmm. Except there is something there. That yeah. ship is still there. Same and fucking ship. The aliens covered in parking tickets. <laughs> That show. <laughs> There's also in that whole meeting scene because we're supposed to be in 
the distant future at this point. Mm-hmm. And cause the, cause alien is in the distant future and then alien so, yeah. is 57 years after the distant mm-hmm. future, but everyone still has the same terrible haircut from 1986 and mm-hmm. using computers from that era as well. They're using big fat thick computers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, I don't know why you're criticizing this perfect movie. All right. Anyway, does Paul Rudd have a double collar situation going on? Like, I don't think he actually does, but oh. his vibe feels like he does. <laughs> <He's> got... <laughs> like two shirts, he feels like two shirts. Two shirts. You That's know a what? Good rap name. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> a good white rapper name. <laughs> yeah, Get on two it. Two shirts. Okay, also, so... Bill Paxton's in this movie. Yes, I'm when almost. He's so I'm bad. Almost there. He's not doing a good job. He's really bad. So the company and all these people don't believe her and her alien attack story until these aliens attack the people on this planet. So Ripley is called in to help, and she eventually agrees, and she's like, "Ugh, fine." And then all these Marines are also. They kind uh, of blackmail her. They're like, "You're a dock worker, but you can go all the way from being a dock worker to like fifth in charge of like a shitty." <laughs> A shitty ship. Right. They basically yeah. give her title back, which they took away yeah. for not believing the thing that happened to her. Yeah. They, um, uh, they, this movie starts with someone not believing what a woman says in spite of ample evidence. Right. Timely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this whole crew of Marines join her on this sort of like recon rescue mission. So there's Gorman. He's like the commanding officer type of dude. Burke is Paul Reiser, the guy who like speaks on behalf of the company. Yeah, he's Mr. Business. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's Bill Paxton playing Hudson. There's a character named Drake. There's Hicks. There's Apone. There's Frost. There's Bishop. He's the artificial person. Those are the dudes of the women. There's Vasquez, Farrow, and Dietrich. And then I think I'm probably leaving some people out, but those are kind of the main players. I feel Mm -hmm. like they they do take pains to kind of integrate the military. Like, there's women. Yeah. And they are doing all of the available jobs. Like, yeah. Vasquez is the big guns mm-hmm. person. Yes. Yeah. We'll, oh, oh yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about this. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. They, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> okay. So, they arrive on the planet. They scope the place out. They find Newt, who is, like, the sole survivor of the alien attack on this colony of somewhere around 100 or more people. Um, Newt is an 11-year-old girl. She's dirty. She's dirty. She lived in tubes. And Ripley is like, I used to have an 11-year-old girl, and this one's here now, so I'm going to treat her like she's my new daughter. Yeah. Um, Adorable. It's cute. (laughs) (laughs) Adorable. I love it. Just grimy, weird acting Mm. little child. Uh, Okay. So then the crew goes in. They find the big alien nest. Some aliens attack them. A few people die. They try to leave the planet, but an alien has gotten into their like spacecraft and kills all the flight crew. And then the spacecraft crashes Mm -hmm. and uh, they can't leave the planet now. So they're stuck. They go back inside the facility. They set up some gun traps. Bishop's like, hey, I'm going to go find another ship and like do a manual override. Bill um, Paxton's yelling. The Bill Paxton's screaming mm-hmm. at the top Saying, of his lungs. Oh, gosh. So the aliens come back. They're like closing in on them. Burke is like, I'm a capitalist. And everyone's like, you motherfucker. Oh, and he tries to have Ripley and Newt impregnated to get past quarantine. It's a whole thing. It doesn't work. And then Newt gets captured. So Ripley's like, I got to go back in for her. She's still alive. And she is. Like, the planet's about to fall apart. Planet's covered in flaps. It's just (laughs) very flappy. It's flat planet. So, yeah, Ripley, like, she ties some guns together. She goes in and gets Newt, and then she stumbles across the the queen alien and her, like, whole nest of eggs. 
and she's like, oh, shit. And then they manage to escape. But the queen gets on the ship, and then there's this big battle at the end, and Ripley puts her forklift suit on and kills the queen bee. Delivers a line. And is like, get away from her, you bitch! And then flap, clap. Action. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We clap, and then the flaps come out. (laughs) And the flaps are squirting, and a man is torn in half, but he's fine. (laughs) And... (laughs) And then the little kid is released, and she delivers a line, and then it ends. Mm-hmm. That's it. So that's the story of aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did they just call it Alien 2? Yeah, well, it would have been so easy. It's, I feel like this is so confusing. Yeah. And then the next one they call Alien 3. 3. Yeah. But it's like cubed. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's so stupid. And what? they when, now when they sell all of the movies together, they call it a quadrilogy, which is like, I just want to say it's tetralogy. Is it? Whoa. Or would be if it's four. Oh. Like tetrahedron. Four. Oh, wow. I think. Don't correct me on this. <laughs> quadrilogy just sounds so dumb to me. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds the best phrase. Anyway. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts on this movie because unlike most action movies of this era and then all of the ones to date, mm-hmm. I think it does a fairly good job portraying not just one female character, but a at least sizable-ish two. cast of them. Yes. Between Ripley and Vasquez, which there's plenty to talk about uh, with that character. Yeah, that's... Uh, um, yeah, but then also Newt. I think in a lot of movies like this, a small child, especially a female one, would be treated like a huge burden and be the source of a lot of like obstacles and like we have to rescue you and protect you the whole time. But like Newt's actually doing a lot to sort of contribute to. Well, yeah, there's a few different moments where her knowledge is like key to moving the plot forward. Like mm-hmm. uh, when they go into the tubey things, yeah. yeah, where Newt grew up and she knows how to navigate them. And yeah, yeah, you need a greasy tunnel child to fight the like, <laughs> greasy rat, the greasy bugs. She's a she's a street rat. Yeah, and uh, they need that. Yeah. yeah, they need that at you a think few different points. Just a bunch of Marines can solve it, but no, you need just just. <laughs> fucking filthy child <laughs> well there's there, a great... we're outsourcing it we've got a third party client there's it's a... a dirty kid we found there's a great conversation between bill paxton's character and ripley where bill paxton's like we won't last 17 hours out here and ripley's like Screw it. this little girl lasted longer than that without any weapons or training and he's like well let's put her in charge then and it's like honestly <laughs> let's like why not okay let's not like take it to the place where we're putting a dirty child in charge of the ship honestly but- i think that would be very progressive mm-hmm. and i want to see that movie <sighs> yeah <laughs> it's called jimmy neutron the kids are in charge and it's a nightmare <laughs> i think Ooh, here's a here's a retroactive theory about jimmy neutron it was a really fun movie designed to keep kids in their place oh and they're like you need parents see or you'll end up like jimmy neutron old jn yeah <laughs> i used to have a crush on the one who peed in the shower mm-hmm. anyways yeah the character of new there is also a few different moments like the scenes between her and Ripley are generally very nice mm-hmm. um, and aren't too heavy-handed with, like, that I am your mommy now, which I feel like a, a, a less good movie would have really played those moments up to be, like, 
obnoxious kind of yeah this movie doesn't and then there's also that kind of like fun little subversion where ripley patronizes newt a little bit by being like your doll would be brave and she's like it's mm-hmm. a doll yeah, she's like it's a piece of plastic it, it cannot have feel jack shit <laughs> sigourney weaver don't patronize me and then sigourney weaver apologizes yeah and it's like i'm sorry you're right that was rude <laughs> i was like wow what a pleasant discussion this was it would be fine if that little girl was smoking a cigarette that entire movie <laughs> yeah. like it would not be out of place if she was just like you don't know the shit i've seen lady she is like, wise beyond her years and the fact that mm-hmm. she's the only survivor of what seems like mostly adults is like i think pretty remarkable she's a slippery little tunnel mm-hmm. kid <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't fuck with this little. Is she? Kid. I I wasn't paying close enough attention because I got real bored in the first act. So is boring. Is she the kid from the the family that finds that that gets yes. sent? To, okay, so you're right. Yeah, so I I'm honestly I'm pretty impressed with the movie's uh, depiction of that child character because yeah. I think a lot of movies would be like, oh well, here's this extra burden that you have to deal with that like really just has to be dragged along but in this movie she's like given a purpose and like actually contributes to the progression of the plot at some points and like the connection she makes with ripley makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. for both of them uh and um like you said it it's like not too heavy-handed i think the movie shows a lot of restraint in that relationship which i appreciate yeah like a lesser movie would have had like a lot of embraces and music swelling Mm. where this movie exercises some restraint and And that does happen in alien 4 where sigourney weaver's talking to Winona Ryder and basically yeah. is like you're my daughter now <laughs> <laughs> and then they hug and and, and smooch and are... pretty much it's like yeah. on that vector of like okay you gotta say but all that's also a stuff. bad movie well, well that's the I one mean... where she makes that backwards basketball shot though yeah. and makes it for real and everyone freaks out and they can't cut it in time before I think it's Ron Perlman is like literally you can see him saying holy shit in the back of the frame because <laughs> she was supposed to just toss a basketball over her head and then they were supposed to cut it but it actually goes in the basket wow. Sigourney Weaver does? yeah oh. from like the three point line it's hilarious she's amazing yeah, yeah. man uh, feminist yeah. icon there's not a lot of movies in general regardless of the genre that treat like you know in a movie where the cast is largely adults like child characters are not usually treated with any respect or agency so mm-hmm. for younger kids who saw this movie I'm sure that was like cool yeah oh wait how young <laughs> It'd be real fucked up to show this to any kid. Don't show this to your kids. There, I disagree. They like, have hey, to grow up like sometime. That, that slippery little tunnel kid yeah. could be you if I died. Yep. <laughs> here's your here's your bucket of old motor oil. Here's a shovel. Go have fun in the backyard. Is it okay? But the evolution because Alien is Alien. Like Sigourney Weaver is the star of Alien because of the final girl tropes of mm-hmm. horror movies. Yes. yes. But now she gets in an action movie and they do a good job of like not and I guess she's not very final girly in Alien because it's it's just that narrative structure but then otherwise it's very like It doesn't follow a lot of the tropes that the final girl Right. That the movie movies who do have like a final girl trope do because it's like it's all like she survived Virginal, because she's the yeah. virgin yeah, yeah so yeah. It's, right. it doesn't adhere to a lot of those it takes the the, tropes. the whiff of that mm-hmm. yeah I think like on paper it would look more similar than actually what it actually is because she I mean in Alien too she has like so much like knowledge and agency <laughs> I like how you're just gonna you're insisting on calling it Alien too <laughs> Alien oh and, and oh no I was calling it in Alien sorry oh, I meant comma, as well T-O-O in Alien the first one I see uh, she's yeah she is kind of like I didn't even thought of that she is kind of like final femaled 
Because it's a horror movie. It's yeah. a slasher yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just set in a garbage space. But it's like the twist there is that she actually has uh, skills and abilities, and that's why she survives, mm-hmm. or a, a big part of why she survives. Right. And then that carries over into Aliens, where mm. she isn't given a whole lot to do in the first, I would say, maybe hour of the movie, because she's really just called in as a sort of consultant, because they recognize, oh, wait, actually, you have gone through this. Um, so I think that was at least cool that, like, and a lot of times if there's a movie where like an expert needs to be called in, it's mm-hmm. a man. So the fact that like she is called onto the scene because of her like expertise and her experience and also given a role of like authority and power. Yeah. Because I think she resumes her position as, is it lieutenant or something like that? I think so. They, they um, do that shitty action movie thing where they have the scene where Sigourney Weaver she has to prove her abilities and all the guys have like unhinged their jaws. They're like, whoa, the girl can do a thing. Like mm-hmm. that, my, my least favorite thing that happens in action movies, superhero movies, uh, in a lot of different genres of like, we see the main female character demonstrate even a modicum Basic of ability. Basic competency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and with something like robotics or like whatever. And they should not be shocked because they know like that was like, part of her job in the first but they were like oh my freaking god right this chick in a robot suit everyone's a half mask but they're also like wow she can do it i guess we better like give her an entry-level job you know (laughs) and i okay so that is a, a bad trope i didn't bother me so much in this movie as it does in other movies because one usually when that happens usually when that female character like has to prove herself or like as we always talk about that mcsweeney's article or She's like, I'm the token female in this action blockbuster, and, and I, I can kick. kick. One time, yeah. Um, usually, when that happens, the female character is sexualized in some way, or like what she's doing is presented as like this very sexy thing. But yeah. also, like, look how competent she is. But she's also extremely sexy while doing it. And in this movie, it's her like clamoring into a forklift, basically, and wow. then like lifting up a thing. And they're like. And yeah, the guys are like, tee hee hee, wow, I didn't expect she could do that. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it didn't bother me as much as it does in other. It's not the worst example of it, but Mm -hmm. I just, I always do want to make sure that I point that out. Because in that scene, I think that the guys are supposed to sort of represent the audience to an extent of like, wow, look, she really can do it. You can trust this character moving forward, Mm -hmm. you know, like just reassuring the audience that she is competent, Sure, uh, which isn't necessarily a thing that should have to happen given what we know about this character. Sure. And also, if, she's from the past, so who knows? <laughs> That's true. She's like 180 to them. Yeah, she's, <laughs> right. she's their grandma. Uh, there's not enough, like, unfrozen caveman jokes in that. Like, it seems like <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of opportunities for her to just be like, so what, do you, what music do you guys listen to? And they're like, what? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, that's a good point. Those yeah. are the jokes of the Alien franchise we need. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we, should, we, gotta, we gotta make a power sheet of some unfrozen Sigourney Weaver yeah. jokes we can make. <laughs> yeah, when's, like, the comedy heist alien movie coming out? I want to see that's that That's what we version. need, yeah. Man. Stealing credits and robot <laughs> parts in that scene whenever the guys are like well i can't believe she could operate a forklift that almost certainly would not have happened if she were a man they would not have had that reaction right and i don't think that there would have been such like a narrative drag in the in the first act of the movie of if i mean Let's just go there. If if like there was a male character who was frozen in the past who came back, 
I feel like it would be a more likely narrative choice for this era to, you know, like treat him as a returning hero and not mm-hmm. just be like, hey, you're probably lying and you're probably traumatized because of what happened with your kid, you know, where they assume and, they, and part of the reason that she's kind of discredited in that first scene is because it's like, well, you've been through a lot and we don't really believe what you're saying, basically. Right. It's um, like a she's hysterical is the, exactly. the implication. Yeah, and that's right. what they yeah, that's what no, they, they say. They say, say it, something yeah. like I don't remember the exact quote, but they suspend her license because of it. They mm-hmm. remove all of her credentials, which is a very frustrating scene to watch because it's basically her talking to a room full of mostly men being like, Here's this horrible thing that happened to me and they're like, But I don't believe you and, and it's so, kind of your fault when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, and like so they we're also actually, do tell her it's her fault. Right. And then she gets very angry for not being believed as one would and then they're like oh actually it seems like you're crazy so uh bye Mm -hmm. right it's very frustrating yes but But that's not like the movie doing a bad job it's just the she's being gaslit by a corporation Mm -hmm. yeah exactly this movie is uh anti-corporation it is which uh, if you look at movies that came out at i mean this is like peak reagan kind of unusual for i mean where said it before say it again ghostbusters is the most (laughs) pro corporation movie of all fucking time and this is like the same yeah it's like they're just like a fucking start they're startup bros they're startup (laughs) bros who get a bad loan yeah fuck those guys they're bad and they hate the epa we all know that is the worst startup of all time (laughs) that's true yeah i genuinely prefer the new ghostbusters because I'm just like, mm. it's just, I hate, it turns out I hate anything made before, like, 1999. Yeah, it's <laughs> Everything is so slow. Ugh. Thankfully, Jimmy Neutron came out in 2001. Uh, yeah. So it qualifies to be your new favorite yep, movie. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so in a lot of action movies where the protagonist is a woman, I feel like a lot of them still don't do a very good job because they don't spend that much time developing that female protagonist. Mm. Or they're just like sort of the vehicle to propel this story, but aren't given that much characterization. I'm thinking of movies like Laura Croft Tomb Raider that we did an episode on. Right. Or in movies where like there's like a a female action star among other characters like Black Widow in like the Avengers Marvel Universe. I had a question about that Mm -hmm. um, that my friend who I watched Avengers with brought this up. Well, no. Okay. This is stealing this question from Todd Levin, but this Mm. is, you know relevant are we ever going to get away from the like avengers part where they can only fight other women in the big battle scene Mm -hmm. it's like who brought this up oh it was um iffy on our black panther episode where that yeah that is that is a huge trope where if there's a big battle scene where a group of people are fighting each other and there are like women on either side there it's like they always have women women fighting together james bond movies always do Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. fast and furious movies always do like they have to bring in women on the not they have to they should i guess you can have criminal women it's great um but <laughs> women they, can do anything but they, they specifically clearly cast the woman on the other to literally be the equal or the foil for the woman only and i think in in like this is who you get to beat up and there's a few examples where women are i mean i thought of kill bill right away where the the yeah. main female action protagonist is fighting men but the offset of that is that character is sexualized pretty intensely throughout that entire movie mm-hmm. so i don't know i can't think of or i guess it, it, maybe it's it's and you can have female like heroes beating up like faceless dudes mm-hmm. but i and i guess i'm about to answer my own question which is like you can't have like captain america like beating up the poor thanos's like, oh woman, okay because that is a bad look 
Is it, it, I guess. If Captain well, America hits a lady, my instinct is not good. Sure. Yeah. But, but well, that woman's been killing people and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's right. the argument. It's sexist not to beat her ass. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's a, that's an interesting... Dis- I bet that there's stuff written on that, too. I mean, I think it depends on the kind of character. Like, obviously, Captain America can't hit any woman he wants. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> right. Of course. That, but that's it's like... the easy part. It's such right. a... start. You're just like... You knew when there was, like, a bad Thanos woman mm-hmm. that she would have to fight... Well, in terms uh, of villain Black parody, Widow. well, but if we if we go into like Disney lore, I think that there's some examples of male heroes killing female villains. Oh, sure. Uh, oh, pe- Little Penny. Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Also, yeah. Sleeping Beauty. Um, he slays the dragon who mm. is Maleficent. Mm. I think that there are some examples of yeah. that. But yeah, it's always a, that's an yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't, you know, violence against women is bad, but there definitely right. that trope exists of like if there's a bad woman, only a, a woman on the good side can yeah. fight her. Although I thought what you were where you were going, and that's why I brought up the like Black Panther discussion is like T'Challa's army is all women. Oh yeah, and we see them fighting yeah, men, so everyone. it's not like they're yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I mean, I I like seeing that. I I yeah. watch. Mm-hmm women beating men's asses the right. only in action time, movies. That's the exciting. only time it's it was real gross in a recent movie that I remember was, I think, John Wick 2, where Keanu Reeves like just beats up Ruby Rose, and it's like, this no. is fucking terrible. No. It's wait. really unpleasant. I didn't see John Wick or John Wick 2. John, I think oh. it's John Wick 2. It's one I, of the John Wicks. Yeah. But he just beats up Ruby Rose, and she is a teeny, tiny, skinny lady, and it, like whatever, of course, it doesn't really matter, but the optics of it are so fucked up that mm. I'm just like, Ugh, why would you agree yeah, to this? I don't know where that's I land a, on that's like this. a murky. Yeah, I'd have to see. That's a murky area because you want to have parody in everything. villains and yeah. everything, right? But also, what it because media is so like yeah. effective. Like if you if you're a teenage boy and you see that, yeah. can you use that to justify bad behavior? I don't know. Right. I don't think we have an audience, and we probably never will have an audience that's sophisticated enough. It's like right. it's like having the N word and Huck Finn. Everyone's like, oh, you know, this is a good like teachable moment, and like yeah, it's also a moment for a bunch of white fourteen year olds to yell the N word all to the use time. Permi- yeah, to yeah. use it mm-hmm. as permission to do yeah. something that wasn't the intent. Or maybe was the intent. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who right. knows? Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. All I that to say. <laughs> no, I'm it's quite sorry. all right. No, no, no. I, th- I think that that's like an interesting... Well, uh, if you're listening, we would love to hear your thoughts. Or, or if there's any like pieces or anything that's been written on this that you could direct yeah, us to. Yeah, want to share, please. And if I'm... you're not listening, then... Especially if you're not listening. <laughs> 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 that's a... Yeah, I'm on the fence about it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that's like you see it both ways. It's easy. Yeah, you kind of you you feel like you have a an idea of it in theory, but almost every time you see it in practice, you're like, nope. I think I want. Right. Yeah, it's like I want to say as of right now, I want to be like, hey, no, that you know there can be parody in fight scenes, but I also can so easily see the wrong type of person seeing that and using it as an excuse of like, well, this must be okay to do to anyone I want because people who see movies are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, excuse me? Uh, especially Caitlin. Especially <laughs> well, because I mean, feminism is all about equality among the genders and mm-hmm. like women being equal to men. So in theory, you could be like, well, yeah, like if men and women are equal, then women can be beat up by men and it'll be fine. 
but I think too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Too I, soon. And that's also just so weird having your cake and eating it too of like the patriarchy has had the cake and now eating it too means that you can hit us on screen now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Also, and uh, because women have been the victim of so much violence at the hand of yeah. men. Yeah. Yeah, we're not anywhere near. There should be a solid 25 years of just women kicking men's asses yeah. in movies, and then we can bring this question up again. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right now, and maybe, too, maybe too soon. Yeah. Too soon. I, not impossible, but too soon. I think so. That All was that, an interesting discussion. Yeah, I, I agree. And to conclude, the original point I was making is that like the female characters in action movies, if they are participating in the action, they're usually not characterized very well. They're underdeveloped. We don't know much about them. Yeah, they just don't have any real traits beyond being kind of like badass. Whereas with Ripley, I think... A pretty, I mean, a lot of characterization goes into her. We know that she's very smart. She's very capable. She's highly rational. Um, but she also has like a nurturing side with, where we see with Newt. And I think she's a much more developed and multidimensional character than we are used to seeing, especially in women characters in action movies. I think it's also like a very of the moment at that time statement on like a female character being a very capable mother figure at least and also being very good and very capable and self-sustaining at her job because at this time it was still relatively new Mm -hmm. for women to be in the workplace and also be viewed as you know able to be a good mother right so oh man i feel like when this came out like the same way anytime anything happens in pop culture now like right-wing people are like well this is actually like a conservative movie you can just see like all the fucking like Daily Mail, like this is actually about Margaret Thatcher, and like <laughs> this is you know this is really about how conservative women can do everything. <laughs> Doesn't it just feel like Not that definitely happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I God, I hate when movies are co-opted for a bizarro cause. Like, <sighs> yeah, it's it ruins it. Mm. But they, I think that th- it just means that this movie is a well-written movie too, which uh, by and large James Cameron movies uh, do pretty well uh in in its treatment of female characters we're go to oh i don't know titanic ever heard mm. of it <laughs> some great like almost all great female characters and in, in the titanic. terminator at least the first two movies i don't i'm not super familiar with the ones after that but um sarah connor is a huge badass and i know like his movies have been criticized his treatment of women has been criticized to some Absolutely. degree he's also come out and said pretty stupid things in recent years like he had a quote about wonder woman which was kind of dumb where he's basically like being very self-congratulatory he's like well, well look I at how i treat my yeah. women in my movies and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like uh you're missing the point james at cameron end, at, yeah at the end of the day he is a straight white man born before 1975 and therefore is wrong about most things but Uh, it's also like dog keep your mouth shut and you can still be like actions paul feig like you just be quiet like everyone will grudgingly be like ah well at least the movies are more or less on point yeah. If you just fucking shut your mouth when people ask you about the state of feminism. Yeah. <laughs> like, why say anything? It would, Yeah, it would have been so easy to just be like, seems pretty good. Liked, yeah, liked the movie. Yeah. yeah. Liked the That's movie. That's all I needed to say. Super easy. Jim, what are you doing? Do you all ever call him Jam Cam? Jam, jam Cam? Cam? Ooh, no, I love that. That all sounds right. like a good reality show. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> you can have jam it. Cam. <laughs> Is it James Cameron prank show? Yeah. The, jam, the jam Cam. cam. Well, uh, so Jamie, you mentioned 
Titanic, and I think this serves as a transition into my next talking point, because Vasquez, the character in Aliens, Uh. is in Titanic as the Irish mummy. Oh my god! That's her, which means... Which is a good transition into, I didn't notice that, because in Titanic, she is white. She is white. Because as a person, she she is is white. white. Yes. Vasquez, who is a Latina character... The actor is Jeanette Goldstein, who is... She is um, Jewish. Jewish. She is of Russian, she's, Moroccan, and Brazilian descent. She, she's Jewish from Beverly Hills. But she's a white lady, She's Jewish from Beverly Hills. Yes. She's a white lady. Uh, it says, <laughs> We can say it. I, I found a little excerpt that says that Goldstein was outfitted with dark contact lenses to hide her blue eyes and even covered in full face and body makeup to cover oh. up her white skin. She oh, is literally brown in face. brown face nice. in this movie. There's pull quotes from her talking about, at the time, complaining about the, how the makeup made it hard for her to do the part, which is like... Because she's like sweaty and wet the whole time. Maybe you should have yeah. just Jeanette. cast a Latina actress in that role and you wouldn't have had to do that. Right. Yeah. So, that's I mean, troubling. Yeah. It's just, I mean, and I, I, I guess I don't know... The state of brownface in movies in 1986 specifically, I have to imagine it, you know, is on the, I don't know. I mean, I genuinely don't know, Mm -hmm. but it's obviously unacceptable and and I don't understand. Yeah, I just don't understand. uh, Yeah, it's kind of a bummer all around where you're like, why? It's so unnecessary. Right. It's such a weird choice i think it's because yeah. she she's a pretty beloved character and it it would have been great or it is great to have a woman of color character be such a beloved character but the fact that the actress playing that character is not actually a woman of color it just feels like a hollow victory it's right weird. but there are a few things i do want to say about this character that i think are worth noting aside from well, i mean yeah. se- setting aside the yeah, fact yeah. that she's in it's complex, that actress is in brown face and uh, that's I troubling. guess if there is a silver lining, it's not played for laughs at all. Mm-hmm, I mean, right. they even attempt to make like a like an anti latino you know, a joke about illegal immigrants, and she tells him to go fuck himself, basically. Yeah. yeah, which makes it all the more baffling that they didn't just hire the right actor for the part. Like it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah, because the character is treated with respect pretty consistently, and and is like proves herself again and again, and yeah. he's a well written character there's nothing wrong with the character it's all the execution that's wrong right because so vasquez is i think it's interesting that we see on screen a fairly mask presenting woman you don't see a lot of representation of that on screen in like mainstream hollywood movies she's a space Uh, unless it's yeah i mean unless it's like that type of character is the butt of a joke which there's a brief moment where Bill Paxton says something like, uh, Hey, Vasquez, have you ever been mistaken for a man? And she, says, she comes no, back with, No, have you? And then she slaps a high five. And then Bill with, Paxton goes, Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, you got me. Oh, <laughs> God, I got packed. Yeah. I got jam cammed. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, though, like her sort of mask presentation isn't like the butt of a joke. And by and large, she's very respected and seen as an equal among her male colleagues. That's accomplished very quickly. Like in that scene, Paxton comes at her with that. She shuts him down. And then her other friend is sort of like, 
yeah, Vasquez, you rule. And then she slaps him in the face. And I was like, whoa, she's <laughs> coming in hot in every regard. It was exciting. Well, she just woke up. Right. right. She was also doing it. She was doing a pull-up. Yeah, she insults did someone, does another pull-up, yeah. hits someone. You're just like, whoa, she's it's a intense. pretty good scene, yeah. honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what a space marine. Holy shit. So a lot, through the rest of the movie, she is one of the people who survives pretty close to the very end. Oftentimes, she is, like, leading the way if they're, mm-hmm. like, going into a new area that they're unfamiliar with. She's, like, going in first, holding the biggest gun. She's is fearless. She in char- like, who's in charge on the ship? Like, who is the person who's in charge? Well, it's the gormless new guy is technically in charge. Okay. And then the older black dude. Mm-hmm. And then Upon. Hicks. Yeah, Apone dies pretty quickly, so yeah. he he was like sort of the highest ranking. Oh, so Gorman is like right. delivering orders from behind the scenes. Apone dies, so then yeah, the next in command ends up being Hicks at some point. The reason I ask is uh, I don't know how the, the Loftus rule factors into this movie. I think it may not succeed in this movie because I would say Ripley is ultimately the woman most in charge, and she has the most hair. Yeah, she is not. But in Alien oh. Three, yeah, she shaves her head and she does become the baldest woman in charge. Okay, so... So Alien 3 passes the long game. Test. The franchise passes well, <laughs> this maybe specific movie. And she doesn't have a lot of hair. I mean, you could argue that the, the alien queen is bald. That's she's true. She's bald as hell, and she's <laughs> She's, she's all flaps. She's yeah, hairless she's, flaps. But she in charge? Which is an unfair precedent. She's in charge say. of her alien Of her organization, family. Yeah. yeah. If it was really uh, an empowering movie, the flaps would have hair. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. A little stubble. Don't wax my flaps. Mm. <laughs> That's what my shirt's going to say. <laughs> In any case. That's my don't tread on me. <laughs> Just a little flap. <laughs> a hissing flap. Vasquez, though, yeah, I mean, she, like, the men are never like, oh, we have to protect her. She might be one of the crazier ones. Yeah. Of the She's kind of unhinged. Yeah. Right. In a way that you would normally see, like, a male character, like, yippee-ki-yaying around yeah. a little bit. Right. Yeah. If anyone has roid rage on that crew, it's maybe her. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I guess she could have roid rage. Yeah. Women can she, do steroids, too. That's right. Mm-hmm. Women can do it. If we can be criminals, we yeah. can abuse steroids. Mm-hmm. Wow. You name it, we can do yeah. it. Pharaoh's a little bit chiller. Fair, and uh, another That's woman with short hair. Yeah, she's the pilot. And then there's another woman on the team. Her name is... Dietrich, and she seems mm. to be like a medic or yeah. a medical technician oh, okay. of some kind. She is one of the first people to die, though, so we don't see a ton of her on screen. But you were mentioning this earlier, is that the movie kind of goes out of its way to be pretty inclusive in terms of having women be a part of the Marine yeah. team, Yeah, which compare this movie to- Ladies as contract killers, too. Right? right? right. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Compare this movie to The Rock. The Rock, exactly. <laughs> where it's kind of similar in that, like, there's a like someone who has a certain specialty that gets called in to advise on this rescue mission. <laughs> in Aliens, it's Ripley. In The Rock, it's Sean Connery, his uh, wife. <laughs> his wife. That's one of my favorite shots in a movie of all time. Right. But in The Rock, there are hardly any women seen on screen at all. In this movie, women have a ton of screen time, which makes sense. Because and not the main a feather character... boa in sight, unlike The Rock. Right. <laughs> if a woman's only allowed on screen during The Rock if they are wearing a feather boa and proposing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gregnant. And Gregnant. <laughs> I'm Gregnant. Anyway, so yeah, I think it's really cool to see so many women in like military positions 
in this movie. Yeah, more progressive than our current military. Mm-hmm. And our current like movies right? about military too. Yeah. Like there's, I I would say if there is a movie being made about Marines right now, I can't imagine it even having the parody of this movie. Yeah, or it's like a big deal, like a GI Jane, where you're like, oh, can you believe it? Right, we're can like, you that's believe the point. this? This is such a what a struggle, mm-hmm. what a noble struggle. I mean, no one's gender really gets aside from that one joke that Bill Paxton says in the beginning. Like, there's one gender other scene. isn't. Re- oh, there's one other scene. Uh, there, it was the part of the movie where I said, where I shouted, "Locker room talk." Oh yes, because <laughs> there's a scene where they're all at lunch, and this is like right after Ripley gets there. And she's like, oh, I wonder if people respect women in the future. And it's like, nope, they do not. <laughs> uh, where is Oh, I have, I have the quote. One of the Marines says, oh, we're going on this oh, mission yeah. because they say the juicy colonist daughters need rescuing from their virginity. <laughs> or something like yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. They say the phrase "juicy colonist daughters." Mm-hmm. Now that's a fundamentally flawed phrase as well, because are they saying that the fathers are juicy, or are they saying mm-hmm. that that's a misplaced uh, qualifier? They're I... like, "Oh, the juicy colonists, thin daughters." Like we don't know. Mm-hmm. I I simply don't know. Jim really cammed himself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. I don't know why that line is in the movie. It feels kind of out of place. And then there, okay, there is also one. later on. They all did suffer at the hands of the many juicy daughters on the planet. So the... that's true. I mean, there were a bunch of juicy daughters, meaning on the, the aliens, the, the yeah. flap monsters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say that they did. In the they end, the juicy daughters. Juice. Yeah, <laughs> it was a wet planet. They're slippery as hell. I'll uh, say that. Please come see my new student film, Wet Planet. <laughs> Just clammy planet. <laughs> Clam planet. Um, okay, so aside from a few quick moments, gender isn't really addressed in this movie. No one's like, "Oh, you can't do that because you're a woman," or "I'm not going to listen to a in woman." In a good way, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, I think that's that's. Very they interesting. Kinda, and they, oh, well, I do feel like the whole meta plot of Paul Reiser faking, presumably, now that I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how it's you're supposed to read it, but I kind of thought the beginning was supposed to be revealed to be like a setup and part of the manipulation. Like, so he got her fired, believed her the whole time, mm. but was like, this is the only way I can get her on the planet, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So given that, like, it is a little bit like gendered the way that all went down it felt like i don't know how i could see that you just kind of manipulate a woman mm. in that way whereas or assume i assume that you could you wouldn't yeah. yeah you wouldn't do that to a man like a corporate right that's he, probably not and especially because he targets ripley and newt as being the, the ones that he's going to try to get the face huggers to impregnate essentially mm-hmm. so that he can carry the yeah exactly so yeah. he can carry the yeah um, we didn't even get to through. the fact that he's uh raping for business <laughs> in this movie but the one other i mean this movie calls less attention to gender i think to its strength a lot of the time and shows again it's like a an element of restraint this movie shows that most movies today would not because every male dominated art form right now is dying to tell you how much they respect women simply gushing uh but i I will say that this movie like and and if it is true that the uh conservative values like were felt you know represented by this movie i think it is because we have this very strong capable female protagonist 
but you do have, and it works in this story, but it is a deliberate choice to have the maternal B plot added of like, oh, but also she can be maternal and gentle and she longs for motherhood and like this is an element of her that cannot be denied, which is not the case and not representative of yeah. uh, every woman. So You can't just save a child because you don't want to see a kid die? Like, come on. You have right. to want to be a mummy. Yeah. I can see that happening and being justified more if in the first movie it's set up that she has a daughter that she left behind. Right. Mm-hmm. But they deliberately add that detail into this movie that hadn't previously been established. So that means that that did not need to be established. And if they do just find a kid, yeah, she doesn't yeah. necessarily need to be extremely maternal about it. Yeah. She can just be like, hey, I'm going to help make sure this kid doesn't die. Well, this greasy little girl is your boss, which could have <laughs> right. been another option. Greasy little boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I guess that. Jim really intentionally shoehorns that in. Mm-hmm. And and again, I think for this movie, it does work and it helps build out the backstory and interior life of Ripley in a way that the first movie kind of doesn't. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that he defaults to like, oh, how is a way I can give this female character some depth? Mommy? Yeah, that's all I can think is, of. Right, like... It's effective, but it's also kind of a default. But that's also a trope that is usually given to men. So I think it's at least interesting that like the dead daughter mm-hmm. trope being used to characters characterize a character is usually you know it's not Mad Max. Tom Hardy and Mad Max Fury Road. It's not Mad Max. My daughter, I miss her. <laughs> I'm quiet. My movie's bad. That's my review. No, Mad, Mad Max is so good. I liked Mad Max. But I got it. I'm 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 completely alone in that opinion, and that just has to be fine. I've been alone in that opinion for years, and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just don't like difficult, spiky places. I don't like steampunk imagery. Yeah. I don't like. <laughs> That's what this is too. I don't like, like the orange bi- and blue movie bio-punk, aesthetic. Biopunk, I guess. This is yeah. Biopunk is another triggering phrase. Yeah. There, the, any <laughs> like, any movie where it's like the orange blue movie posters. Yeah, you ever yeah. Seen the, yeah. The, oh, but that's all uh, movies that's, now. Yeah, I love them. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Here, let me talk about some of my favorite moments that demonstrate Ripley as being a smart person. As being a smart? A smart. (laughs) A smart. A good. A big smart. She's the one who figures out that the soldiers can't fire their weapons in a certain place because it'll basically cause a nuclear reaction. Mm -hmm. So after the first alien attack, a bunch of people die. Gorman is like, I don't know what to do. And she grabs him, shakes him. And screams, do something. <laughs> he doesn't oh, like do anything. So then she basically takes over and starts giving orders and takes the wheel, drives whatever vehicle they're in and goes and saves the survivors. There's a point where Bill Paxton is throwing a fit and screaming, um, screaming. She yells, it's I'm bigger than your- the Hope Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, I'm sick of your bullshit. Because while he is freaking out, she is level-headed and knows what needs to happen. She's like, give yeah. me the fucking plans so that we can find the air vents and shit. Do you think that Sigourney Weaver and Bill Paxton were friends? <gasps> I, I hope, hope so. so. <laughs> that would be so nice. Oh, I'm going to look it up. Okay, sorry. Yeah, and then, oh, uh, Ripley screams at Burke for being a capitalist. Also, this movie, I feel like, is anti-colonialism as well. For sure. Because all the colonists die. The end. 
Also, I think this movie is uh, pro-choice because Sigourney Weaver kills the alien flap babies with a flamethrower. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, okay, leads me to one of many climactic sequences in this movie where she does like the last big rescue at the end. She goes in and rescues Newt and that whole sequence is all female characters because it's Ripley, Newt, the alien queen, and the automated female voice, which I don't know if we ever learn her name or not, but like basically the like I like facility. That even the and the the tone of the automated female voice is kind of she sound she's got a little toot in that voice of hers. What's that phrase she kept saying? She, it was something to like get out. She's of like, the yeah, building. you only have like fifteen minutes left. What are you Excuse still me, doing here? Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, just a quick update. Uh, Sigourney Weaver was sad Bill Paxton died. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was like, I'm glad. Good. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> but so in this sequence, all the surviving male characters, which is only Bishop and Hicks, are treated the way that a lot of female characters are in action movies, which is that they are completely sidelined and not given anything to do. Ripley saves herself. She saves Newt. She does not need to be saved by a man. A little earlier, there is a scorpion scene. She is saved. Yeah, she is saved, but only because like she tries very hard to save herself, and these things have proven to be nearly impossible to fight off. Yeah, and it takes like three or four men to pull the thing off of her. So I didn't hate that, especially because then she does go on to save herself and have all the agency at the end of the movie. I agree. So I was I was worried because that was the point of in the in the movie where I was like this could be the climactic scene because this movie could be over soon because it's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. But because that's actually uh, sixty five scenes before the movie actually mm-hmm. ends, <laughs> so long. Yeah. Well, so we long. need that scene where she says, "Get away from her, you bitch." Yeah, but let's just go to that scene. Ugh. Did we need the scorpion scene? Although I did really like when she. And Newt were banging on the glass, and they're like, Is, can anyone hear us? I was like, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> D- um, I feel like ma- one of the reasons I brought this up was because when like shitty film guys talk about the Bechdel test specifically, they're like, well, technically, like the the Queen Alien's a, like a woman. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of why I thought it'd be funny to bring this to the podcast. But then I, <laughs> I forgot that at least in Aliens, probably an alien, there's like enough other stuff i i actually thought this whole podcast was going to be a debate about whether like screeching violently constitutes dialogue (laughs) what is the queen saying we don't know is she talking about a man she might be like you killed my son you killed my son (laughs) she would be like i think bill paxton's doing a great job in this movie fine she's fine big love is a good show he's a capable uh character actor but no one calls him a character actor because he's hot Rest in pa- uh, paradise. Rest in Paxton. Rest in paradise. Rest in Paxton. Oh, Paxton, my Paxton. <laughs> oh, there is a another quick scene I wanted to talk about where it's when they first find Newt and Ripley is like cleaning off Newt's face, and she's like, "Oh, hard to believe there's a little girl under this because again, she is covered in just." slime and goop and dirt she's uh, a slippery little she's girl extremely mm-hmm. slippery so uh yeah she's like hard to believe there's a little girl under this dot 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 and a pretty one too 
which is not a line that Ripley needs to say. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's trying to lift her spirits because, granted, her parents were murdered by aliens and she's the only one left alive on this planet. But I think it's just goes to show that girls and women are often only appreciated for the way they look and only talked about in the context of the way they look whereas little boys are complimented about being smart and being athletic and being all kinds of other things right i think and and that's like one of those interesting little uncanny moments where you're like oh this movie was written by a guy Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just one. Of, yeah, but In then a movie uh, that largely does like, well. W- how else would a guy imagine you comfort a little girl? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, how would a mom comfort a young girl? Um, call her pretty. Yeah. But then there's several Jim. scenes later where Ripley's like she survived without any training or weapons. Like she's clearly very competent. There are those few scenes where she kind of condescends to her, mm-hmm. and Newt is like, uh, "I'm not an idiot. I know that." plastic doll heads can't have bad dreams and she's like oh yeah like i mean that's i like that moment a lot yeah exactly so it would have been awesome in that like training or weapons monologue if she then was like and that's why i'm giving this four-year-old girl a plasma rifle here you go <laughs> she's 11 <laughs> whatever sorry yeah she, she 11? is clearly 11 i think so that's crazy i was in a seven I said four because oh. my brain shut off. What? She might not be. Maybe I'm no, just I, thinking she's 11 because that's how old Ripley's daughter was whenever. No, she was, no she's probably 11. I don't know how old kid, any kid is ever. Anyway, <laughs> look, I'm saying is preteen with a plasma rifle. I'm for it. Think about I it. I would see it. Yeah, it'd be I would good. see it. I'm mostly for it. Mostly. <laughs> oh, my God. That's you were my... making so many of those jokes when we were watching it. The, the child actor who played Newt is a teacher now. Oh, cool. Hmm. Isn't that what happens in the beginning of Alien 3? They're just like title card style, like, oh, Newt died in a spaceship crash. Yeah, they do kill her right away. (laughs) They do kill her? Yeah. They're like, she had the gall (laughs) to pursue the most noble profession. (laughs) There's actually a couple things I did want to say about Alien 3, because it feels like the first of the Alien movies where gender is largely commented on, because it's Mm. generally pretty ignored in the first two Alien movies. Uh, Ripley crash lands onto a planet where there's like a penal colony full of men with YY chromosomes, which Mm -hmm. is not. A real thing, I don't no, it's think. No, not possible. No. But I guess they're implying that these men are so masculine that yep. they have so <gasps> many Y chromosomes. And the whole time everyone's like, oh no, you're a woman and we're going to be horny because we're murderers and rapists of women and she's going to cause trouble. Real cum-fueled decision. Mm-hmm. Also in Alien 3, Ripley is given a love interest. So there's some interesting things, and by interesting, I mean things I don't I don't like about Alien Three. Do they kind of try to give her and Hicks a moment in? It seems like it. Oh yeah, I did actually want to talk about where there's that scene where she's trying to learn how to use his like plasma rifle. Mm-hmm. He's like standing behind her and like has his arms kind of around her, showing her how to do different stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's played in a lot of movies where like, ooh, yeah. look at this flirtatious moment where like a man's trying to teach a woman how to swing a tennis racket and yeah. it's like all hot and flirtatious. It's and... how like what Jim Cameron does on his dates with uh like how to use the personal submarine. Or, like, <laughs> oh my god. He's like, I've actually planet. got some pretty cool submersibles here. <laughs> you wanna do you wanna drive it? You wanna try? 
It's easier wanna, than it looks. Do you want to hold the wheel? <laughs> but in this movie, I think it's handled better. And yet, yeah, I think there's like a hint of like maybe that, they're it feels, it felt weird. in each other. Right. It's very weird but and it, very unnecessary. But it, in the scene where she's like learning to use that gun, I, at first I was like, ah, oh, a scene where a man's teaching a woman how to use a thing. But I'm like, gosh, she is from the past. So she probably wouldn't she, know how to use it. Well, she also <laughs> asked him how to use it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, he wasn't telling her something she knew. Right, right. So he was not mansplaining to her. He was just explaining. Sometimes men can explain without mansplaining. Sometimes. Don't tell, don't tell them that. Mostly. Yeah, don't don't tell so. them that. Mostly they can do that. Mostly. <laughs> anyway. Um, does anyone have any final thoughts about aliens? Alfred Molina could have been in this movie um, <laughs> as Newt. Oh. He's a chameleon. Wow. He could have played a slippery kid. Like do it with forced perspective, like standing really far away. But talk, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A very expensive process. Or he could have played any of the aliens in a mm-hmm. little green. He could have gone full Andy Circus. Sure. And played the aliens. Um, or he could have played, well, he could, you know, he could play in Jonesy the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> he also could have played the Queen Mother. You know, he's mm-hmm. that versatile. Mm-hmm. One last thing I wanted to talk about was all of the vaginal birth imagery oh, yeah. that's in these movies. Yeah, we got a straight up upskirt of an egg laying. We Yes. That so was a lot. The queen a alien. Lot. I also forgot that was in there. She has what seems to be an external vagina, which I think is extremely sex positive, if you ask me, mm-hmm. and very progressive. A, a detachable. <laughs> a Because deta- yes. she literally rips herself off of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks painful. I don't need this right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like one of the scariest things about like this movie and the first Alien movie is like the way the aliens gestate. Mm-hmm. And like it is scary, yeah. Like the queen lays the eggs, and then inside those eggs is this like face thing, and that attaches to your face and impregnates your chest, and then that dies, and then an infant alien bursts out of your chest, and then it takes what seems like only an hour to grow to adulthood, yeah. and then it, and then it becomes this terrifying thing. So I don't know if like is that like the writers and filmmakers who are largely men yeah mm-hmm. uh in these movies is that a way for them to be like look how gross and scary childbirth is and how little oh. we understand well i think movie monsters in general right are just like manifestations of anxieties right and men are uh scared of Vaginas a lot because they don't understand it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some movie monsters represent communism. Other movie monsters represent women because it's something that the author is uh, afraid of and doesn't mm-hmm. understand. For for this movie, it works because when we see like male protagonists slaying the vagina and conquering the vagina monster, mm-hmm. that is net negative. Having a female protagonist confront and defeat the vagina monster, I don't know what that is. It's, in, <laughs> it's in, more interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's definitely a trope being recycled here, but it didn't bother me in this movie. Yeah. I don't think any real commentary is being made. I don't think so either. But I don't think it's setting things back either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with it's that. It's not regressive, but it's also like, it's all just, just like, well, here's, you haven't seen this. <laughs> I think right, you haven't seen a giant queen bee alien rip her own external vagina off of her to and fight a woman. Yeah. To fight a woman yet, <laughs> right? Until 1986, but, right? Isn't that the whole thing with H.R. Geiger? It's like all those drawings are like you know 
everything is infused with like sex organs from everything and it's like the idea is like the horror of that so quoting a paraphrasing what i would imagine they would say is like the horror of that confusion mm-hmm. right is what some a swedish dude is that who hr geiger is um, i think he something is. like some white yeah. dude <laughs> thinks is the scariest thing in the world yeah huh. um let's talk about whether or not this movie passes the Bechdel test Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. A few times. There is a moment where Ripley and Vasquez are talking, and she's talking about what happened in the first Alien movie, and then Vasquez is like... That's how she says it, too. It's like, so in the first Alien <laughs> movie... you see the first movie? Yeah. Uh, here's what happens. Um, Vasquez is like, look, man, I only need to know one thing, where they are. But she does say, look, man? So, mm. interesting. And they, they is dudes. Ambiguous. Well, do we know did. the sex of the aliens? I guess not. I th- Well, I think a caveat for the Bechdel test is that are they talking about human men? If it's an animal or a xenomorph or whatever, I, it doesn't matter. Oh, like, okay. I don't think. That's fair. Yeah. So I, I would say that passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ripley and Newt talk a lot. Um, sometimes they mention Newt's little brother or like her dad but several of those scenes do pass the Bechdel test the scene where Newt says we should go back inside because they mostly come out at night mostly (laughs) that passes the Bechdel test thank you so much and then there's the scene at the end where Ripley says get away from her you bitch and And then the alien goes I think all the scenes with, between Sigourney Weaver and the gigantic vaginas pass, whether there's dialogue being spoken or not. Yeah. It's a yeah. massive asterisk scene. Yeah, so uh, the movie passes the Bechdel test. Hurrah! Yay! Let's raid. Gotta go, right? It's- oh, shit. Yes, I very much have to go, guys. Oh, um, so sorry. This was so fun. <laughs> thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, thanks for... Uh, I didn't want you to be too late. Oh, wait, no, thank you. I wasn't even looking. Bye, guys. Bye! Okay, so let's rate the movie on our nipple scale. Zero to five nipples based on its portrayal of women. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give it, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to take nipples off for the character of Vasquez being a Latina character, but not being played by a Latina actress. Talking one for brown face. Yeah, yep. There's a few other, you know, small gripes where, yeah, like Ripley does have to do the thing where she has to prove herself to a man. She's like, hey, look, I can drive a forklift that you didn't think I could do. And they're like, oh, hee hee, wow, wow. But I would say by and large, apart from a few like lines of dialogue here and there that are just like, oh, that could have been cut and the movie would be better. This movie does, I would even go so far as to say, an excellent job depicting women in an action blockbuster, especially considering the era that it came out in the mid-80s. Ripley is in the movie because they need her. She's the only one who can provide the information that they need to get their mission accomplished. Right. Without her, the movie cannot take place. Right. Also, yeah, she's level-headed. She's smart. She's a good, strong leader. And the other female characters, the fact that they're in the movie at all is uh, shouldn't be surprising, but it right, is we considering. Don't need to congratulate the movie for that, right? But uh, I do like that it attempted to be more inclusive than most action movies, especially of this era, and that those female characters are generally pretty well developed and interesting. Yeah, so I'm going to give it uh, four nipples, and all four of my nipples go to the Queen Alien. Cool. 
I mean, I'll give it four as well. Obviously, we don't need to tell our audience that actors of any gender in brown face is absolutely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it sucks because that casting choice, to some extent, like, lessens the impact of what is a very well-written character. Yeah. That pisses me off. Uh, but for all the reasons you said, the fact that this movie cannot, the plot can't move forward without its female characters, mm-hmm. which even in action movies where there are capable women present, the presence of those women isn't necessarily critical to the core action of the movie taking place. That's not the case for this, and that is amazing. And also shouldn't be amazing, obviously. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that uh, Jim cammed this one pretty pretty damn well. Yes. I think it was a, a solid Jim cam. I still think it's so fucking boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it, it was very long, and vaginal imagery will get me in the seat. But the fact mm-hmm. that it's a it's a real blue and orange, and uh, th- that's what I'm calling every movie I don't like from now on. <laughs> yeah, it it was never going to be for me. But the sure. the way it treats its female characters is, by and large, pretty exceptional. So for nippies, I'm gonna toss two to slippery little Newt, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll give the other two to Paxton. Cool. Sorry, Sigourney. No nips from me. (laughs) Yeah, wow. That was a surprising turn of events just now. Listen, rest in Paxton. Andrew had to leave before we could get his social media. I'll plug it. Yeah. Uh, You can find Andrew T. online at Andrew T. I believe across all platforms. It is just his name. Uh, The last name is spelled T-I, like the rapper. Um, (laughs) And you can also listen to his wonderful podcast, Yo, Is This Racist? Highly recommend. Yes, indeed. So thank you, Andrew T., for being here. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Wow. Oh, thank I'm you. Andrew, I'm Andrew T. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and you can follow us on social media as well at Bechtelcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You wow. can subscribe to our Matreon. Mm-hmm. You will get two bonus episodes every single month. And we appreciate all of our matrons so much. Shout out to our matrons. Mm -hmm. I think in conclusion, don't see Deadpool 2. Mostly. Mostly. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.